welcome to the Modern Bloke Podcast. We're a community of blokes sharing our vulnerabilities and our expertise to help develop our capabilities to be better blokes. The aim of this is to improve our mental health, blokes culture and society. So let's get into it. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Modern Bloke Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Coffin. Um, Today we have a guest on who's going to be talking about men's mental health and suicide and kind of things we can do um, that he runs about um, kind of empowering yourself to take control and get better positive uh, results out of life. Um, We have Craig Ball on the um, Wibbers who is from Change Seminars. Um, So you can find him on changeseminars.com through his email info at changeseminars.com or his Facebook group, Men's Mental Health Transformation, which will also be in the links to the podcast bio. So whichever you're on, um, check that out. Uh, But look, thank you, Craig, for jumping on. My pleasure, Sean. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to have a conversation today about this. It's my passion, one of my favourite subjects. So it's great to be here. I love it. You can see from it. Um, Look, we'll just get straight into it. I think with the readers, just... A little bit about your background, your experience, and then kind of like what gave you the motivation to do what you're doing. Yeah, wonderful. Thanks. Um, I've been presenting for over the last 20 years. Um, back in 2001, it's almost my 20th anniversary, I guess, this year. In 2001, I started working for an entrepreneur, um, and my job was to develop myself as a speaker. I always wanted to be a speaker throughout most of my 20s, and I, um, I just... I thought it was a, becoming a motivational speaker, you know, and um, what I soon was to learn was that was not the case. Because in a stra- place like Australia, you talk about you're a motivational speaker, they're like, yeah, go, go on, say something, motivate me, go on, I dare you. And so <laughs> I realised that wasn't the case, but I always realised the fact that when you're in front of an audience, you do have the opportunity to inspire them. Um, I worked for that gentleman for two and a half years and came out of it with a pretty awesome um, lot of training and experiences that I'd done. And um, went on to, I picked up 60 gigs in high schools. Prior to working with him, I'd been a reservist for a number of years, army reservist. And um, I'd passed selection in 2000 with uh, the 4th Battalion, 4th Battalion Commando. Fort might be known, some of the listeners might know it as 4RAR Commando, what it used to be, which later became 2nd Commando Regiment. Um, I was a reservist with, with one Commando Regiment and I had a lot to overcome to achieve that. It certainly was no natural in my military service. And um, I passed on my second attempt and only just. <laughs> um, but I was very passionate about helping share with people that it doesn't matter what you've done in the past, you can create your future for yourself. And that is often that has been a driving force for um, how I work with and help people. Um, I discovered... Uh, rational motive behavior therapy when I was working for this entrepreneur he was quite an avid reader and he'd been to New York and met with its founder who was still practicing as a therapist in his 90s and uh, came home from New York with a box full of books and said I want you to read everything on this in this box and so I read nine books on the subject and I found a course in Melbourne with Melbourne University um, the Center for Rational Motive Therapy back then it was called went and did the course and just it changed my life and I back then I had a basically a blank checkbook to check out anything I wanted to in self-improvement, any course, any person, anything. And over the years, this is the only thing that's stuck, in my opinion. It's a very proactive way of doing stuff. Um, I left the reserves sometime later and took a couple of years off. Um, But I always had a drive to come back. Whilst I was 
busy working on trying to develop my speaking business. Um, I um, just wasn't happy with the results I was getting in my personal life and felt I still had more to, to do more. I needed to test myself and get more life experience. Um, and things were arcing up in Afghanistan. It was in the 2000s. So um, I was aware that the guys were over there doing stuff. And I thought, well, if I put my hand up now, based on my background experience, there's a good chance I might get an opportunity to go. And that's very much what happened. Um, I signed up in 2006, um, went from being infantry previously to um, a signaler, became a radio operator and um, deployed to Afghanistan twice in 2010 and 2012. Um, one of the great things about that is a lot of um, awesome things, a lot of difficult things that came out of that for me. Um, but some of the great things were um, realizing that your you, you enculturation into an organization like that never changes. I always felt like a grunt and felt I had the infantry. I understood the infantry guys the best and, and really felt that it was so great just to be able to serve them as a, as a radio operator. Made some incredible friendships, been to some crazy places, but I got to test what I believed in. And my system, I put it under, under the pressure cooker of deployments, um, dealing with unfortunate things, grief, loss of mates, um, and also uh, bullying and other things that, that go along. Uh, not always for everybody with, with your experiences in the military, but certainly was the case for myself. And I've grown and developed out of that and also helped further develop my, my approach to, be, to working with people. And it's, it's definitely given me way more than I thought it would have. Um, coming out the back of that, my second deployment, I discovered a type of consulting that I do now, um, which is change management. I had this incredible experience mentoring the locals um, in Afghanistan and HF radios. And um came back and we were successful and um, in what we're trying to help them to achieve. And uh, I just started asking from my network, what is this? And someone said, oh, it's change management. And through that, which is helping, it's part of project services uh, and helping people deal with whatever a project into their workplace and all that change is all about. So my counseling skills and all my other background stuff that I've got really came to the fore. And um, I managed to get my program up with what is now my biggest client, um, Sydney Trains. And, back in 2016 and achieved some amazing results and we're looking at getting it going with them again. Um, and I also, when I was getting out of this and I took this self-improvement approach, I suppose, realizing that I was leaving the military to redesign how I worked and, and all that. And, and I had a mate who'd been a reservist with me back in the day and he was a change manager. So he mentored me to a large degree to get into it and helped me to understand what I need to know. And I thought, well, whilst I'm redesigning this, I want speaking to be part of it uh, on some sort of a, a level. And um, that's when I, I worked to getting to the level that I was at and that I've achieved with my business. And now it's a matter of, well, as, as of a number of years ago, or as part of this process, about expanding into what I'm doing more of now, um, which is the speaking. But um, it was really the suicides of mates after leaving defence that um, really, I realised I'd done very well with male-dominated environments. I'd... Um, uh, I had some great runs on the board and it was about the, I think the fifth mate was one of the hardest ones who passed away. And I hate referring to them by numbers, but um, as sad as that is, I realized, look, he's a perfect storm. You've won the trust of so many people. And it's so humbling that the guys would naturally reach out to me when I was serving with them. Um, and, then, and now we've got, I've got this skill set that has just helped. I mean, I've got counseling and things getting out to deal with, PTSD and anxiety and all the rest of it, but it really was this core uh, system of REBT and, and, and the way I put it together that really helped me the most. And 
um, I think you've got this skill set, you've got these um, uh, the trust of these people that you are your heroes, basically. Um, and then and your, your speaking skills, it's a perfect storm that's put together and, and push our efforts yeah, and, and do everything we can for men's mental health. So that's, that's what's driven me. Um, and unfortunately, yeah, my sixth mate uh, died last September, which is, um, yeah, it's, it's never easy. You know, it gets hard. So uh, I'm uniquely placed in a lot of ways to do that. And, and I'm incredibly passionate about helping, helping men everywhere. I don't discriminate. Um, and I don't discriminate between men and women in my corporate offerings, but my, um, my marketing and my, my approach to the general public is men and uh, helping men with their unique, uh, unique issues and what they do. No, perfect. Thank you very much for that. And look, not only is it summed up perfect, like summed up very well with the timeline, but I think you, you're right. Your skill sets um, are there to create impact um, and commendable on knowing that, I guess, you know, it's not, you're not a psychologist. And I think, you know, people go, okay, um, the only people that can help people are psychologists. Whereas you kind of go, well, hang on, you've got a, you've got, you've got an area um, where you've got a skill set. So how can you use that to make an impact and be part of the overall solution? Um, my background's in marketing, and my book that I want to bring out is the brand of man, and it's got nothing to do with anything other than my skill set is understanding how we, you know, branding and how we can empower each other to create a positive brand of man. So thank you for using your skill set to do what you're doing. Um, we'll, we'll touch on it because it was where you kind of finished up on as well. Cause of you talk about the suicides with your mates and it pains me to hear when you say that it's number, you know, number five, like that, that it, it shows you're either really shut off from it or you're comfortable with it because you've, you've dealt with it. But um, it's sad that we've got to talk about that um, as well among guys. Yeah, indeed. Um, it, it pains me no end. Uh, it's a, it, you miss them desperately, even if they're friends that you haven't seen since you served. Um, it doesn't make it any easier necessarily. Um, it's, it's just a tough one. And I think what qualifies people to be able to help each other as well, just to touch on that point that you raised, I think it's a really good one. By manner of the fact that you're a human being, I think you're qualified. Um, I've wound up on counselling courses over the years in addition to what I'm trained in and um, slugged away um, shortly after my first deployment to finish a psych degree, which I finished about four years ago, um, just one subject at a time, just so that I'd to, to try to increase my depth of knowledge. Uh, and, and other people do look at that. It's true what you say, um, but I've, I think that it's really, do you care? Do you have something credible that you can share with others if you have a system or a way of helping them and what does that look like and how can you use how can you exploit your skills to the benefit of others yeah no a hundred percent and it's going to resonate with different people in different ways and if we only have the one solution um you've you know you've got 10 people with one solution there's probably going to be six or seven that just don't resonate with it um and there's six or seven that can drop down the net um and become mm -hmm. just more numbers um unfortunately yeah, agreed. And, and what it, but what it tells me is some of the research I've done in the last year or so, or pre-COVID, I suppose you'd say, with different providers in the in the in the space for men. And I go to some of the I've been to some of the events, and I'm like, really? But but what it tells me is that men men need something, and those men that are prepared to go and look for it, they need something really good. And um, I'm not entirely 
excited by everything that I hear, particularly anything I hear about telling men it's their fault when things yeah. don't work out. Uh, I'm a member of one particular Facebook group. I won't tell you what it is. And I bought the guy's book and it said, I, I opened it up just for a bit of a breeze through it. And I, one of the first things it told you, it's your fault. Well, no, it isn't your fault. You know, often men are given really crappy uh, ways of dealing with things. I mean, let's look at, um, let's look at the problems of, you know, you're taught you either to bottle it up or to yell and scream about it and, and all this bullshit about being a, a manly man, all that kind of stuff. That's, I've worked very hard uh, in every opportunity I have with my friends to, to get past that. I make mental health, talking about my mental health issues and stresses, I make that common discussion. And when I've got a group of mates, I'm, I work around the circle. You know, I'm like, what, what's happening for you? How, how's that latest impact, that job? you've just got all that course you're studying or whatever it is happening in your life. How's that affecting your mental health? How are you feeling? Um, or if somebody indicates something, a really dear friend of mine told me he went to a dark space once and the first opportunity we had to have lunch together after that, I said, come on, tell me. And with guys, yeah. often you've got to push. You've got to really stand in their face and say, come on, cut this, cut this crap out. Tell me what's going on. It's you amazing once you do that. Sorry, get going. No, yeah, yeah we, don't, we don't have the luxury of letting that go anymore. Yeah, and that's which I hope, you know, through all we're doing, it's breaking it down because what I found is once you actually give that space or the luxury to the guy, they're actually great at communicating it and it's just no one's asking. Um, and as you said, if ironically, I could imagine if, you know, if you're telling guys that it's their fault, you're actually worsening the situation because if they're already, if they're in a space where they can't deal with their, you know, emotions or base level emotions, then guilt, shame, um, and saying it's your fault as well, it's different to taking accountability of your actions and, and what control you've got over your moving future. But um, I, I think with the fault, and I look at it from a cultural point of view, and we're, we're, we get fed into the hamster wheel. So as much as there are actions that guys do that perpetuate the you know toughen up mentality, we've got that by going into the hamster wheel and being told that as well so it's, it's great to have these discussions where you can like take a step out and go right we can cut this cycle um we empathize with you being put into this um so let's deal with it so i guess with the listeners as well um you talk about the is it rbt um rebt rational R emotive behavior rational emotive behavior therapy don't get to anyone listening to this don't get turned off by the term therapy okay it's designed as a philosophy of living. And that's why I think it's so pertinent to a self-improvement system. Really so, with your, how would you best explain and then link it in to where it's going to, where it benefits guys in um, their issues. And you know, I guess maybe specifically around mental health, but I guess in life in general, um, yeah. How, how does it work? Well, uh, how I, I explain it, I, I take it up a level from the, the component parts of it. What I found was, in the very early days when I was sharing with audiences, it's a very simple model, A, B, C, D, E. Couldn't get much simpler. One of that, you'd explain it, you'd take people through it, as simple as it was, and I'd have people staring at me, like still trying to figure it out. So I've realized that there's a bunch of considerations you've got to get around first. So I've, I um, share it with audiences and people I'm working with in three basic parts. And that is um, consider, consider what's happening for you, Consider what you bring to your emotional upset. So, um, you know, psychologists like to refer to it as cognitive distortions. I like to, I go through about 15 of them. I just call them unhelpful patterns of thinking. 
So, you know, you've got uh, catastrophizing, you've got overgeneralization, you've got blaming others, you've got heaven's reward fallacy, you know, assuming that you'll be rewarded for this behavior. You know, you've got a whole bunch of them. That's one of the things. Now, by understanding those things, it helps you to realize, okay, well, I might be feeling upset about this or I might be feeling difficult about this. It may be because of any one of these 15 things that are going on. I also start to bring, uh, bring guys into the idea of how to go about thinking about this, okay? So to pull them out of where they are, to get them starting to consider some of these ideas. And I, I start by acknowledging, look, you may be doing some of it, what I'm going to share with you today. I really hope that you are. And this will just help validate that and complement what you're already doing. But it will also help to flesh it out a little bit more and actually add a couple of elements for you that will help to demystify the puzzle, if you like. So I get them to, to take on some considerations. You know, you are enough. You are not too anything. I mean, everyone's grown up being told they're too angry, they're too sensitive, they're too shy, they're too whatever. I got too sensitive growing up with my mother, but that actually has been a gift because it helped me to be sensitive to the needs of others and particularly that to read an audience. Um, but there's so many of them and you're not too anything. If anything, perhaps you need to develop a skill set to complement that, to help you to take the gift of whatever that thing is to the world, wherever that is. But there's a bunch of them. You're, you know, it's about getting past that conditioning. Um, circle of control versus circle of influence versus circle of concerns, another big one. If we can bring our concern down to what we can, only what we can control, which isn't very much, um, it helps us to, to, to grab onto that. So here's a bunch of considerations, a bunch of things to think about. I also love to include Jocko Willink's good uh, in there about positivity being an optimist. Um, it's probably the best way to explain it and really works well with guys who are, um, you know, they feel that they're being a pessimist. They're a bit smarter than the average, you know what I mean? Uh, it's not an uncommon one in this country. Um, but then I get them to say, okay, then once we've got these considerations, we understand where we're at, we're coming on board with the way of thinking. I then explain to them how to clarify what's happening for them. Okay, so the ABCDEs that I explained earlier, there's an activator or adversity or a situation that we would typically know that triggers us. Um, and then there's a consequence. So A and the C, we already know what that is. You know, someone cuts you off in traffic, you hammer it on the horn, yell and scream, whatever that is. But, you know, driving is the easiest example I've got. Then um, whilst we're familiar with those consequences, asking, um, asking of yourself, okay, when this happens, I feel this way, I behave this way, and I might think this way because of what? And any one of those first few sentences that you say to respond to that helps us to understand what the B is, which is your belief system. Beliefs, all the beliefs you can have in the whole world come down to three, three main areas. Beliefs about yourself, beliefs about others, and beliefs about the circumstance. Any one of those three. Sometimes it could be two, sometimes it could be all three. We just decide which one we're going to work on. And then we just then we move into um, to confronting that. Now, those beliefs also manifest in four ways. It goes into a bit of detail. Um, but then we go to confronting, which is the final part of the way I like to share it with people. Three is so easy. People can just take it on board and remember it. Confronting it by... Um, challenging it by asking, you know, is it true that somebody cut me off in traffic so then I've got to yell and scream or or that they're a dickhead or any, whatever you want to call them? Is it true that's what they are? Well, they're kind of the same as you. And, you know, part of your, in, in many ways, um, and part of your considerations are acceptance of yourself unconditionally. And so if you accept yourself unconditionally, it follows that you can accept others. You, you, they may be the sort of person only their mother could love them, but you accept that somebody must. Um, so... Yeah, does that make them a horrible, worthwhile human being? So is it true that this is the case? Is it true that that person cut me off or that person did whatever I think that they did? Um, is it, does it logically follow that when this happens, I need to go crazy? And does it help to behave this way? Or does it help to feel this way? 
And if you come up with three no's, you're doing well. And then to reinforce that, you then um, enforce your preferences because these beliefs are based around rational preferences that we have and they can get triggered by something very, sometimes very specific. And when they get triggered, they go from being a rational preference to being an absolutistic, uh, all or nothing must believe. Um, you know, and it's about re reminding yourself, hey, look, of course I prefer that, that this wasn't the case, but hey, let's have a reality-based perspective and understand that it does. This is, this is what's happening and I've got to choose how I respond. And that's in three basic steps, if you can do it, consider, uh, clarify and confront. It gives people a really nice way of, of understanding it and helps, I help them to work through it. So that's, that's how I've applied it. You take guys from all walks of life, any type of emotional upset, um, you know, from basic day-to-day -day things, there's um, points of immersion with things like frustration, um, things like shame, you can go out and embarrass yourself very easily, make a game out of it, use the techniques to help to, to work through that. Um, frustration, very easy. You've got to, there's a low frustration tolerance task I encourage people to do, and that can be one of my, one of my clients has a particular political view and decided to watch a TV show where two people were banging on the opposing political view and he just sat through the whole show to watch it. And that was how he, he frustrated the hell out of himself. Uh, <laughs> so, but, but I encourage people to drive behind a bus and stop at every bus stop or to get one item um, from a shoot supermarket and stand behind someone with a big trolley at their register and wait. Even if you get offered to go ahead of them, just, just wait and deal with it. There's lots of ways you can do it. But by using these techniques to then, to then combat that, that can be incredibly liberating. So there's heaps of ways to do it. Um, I found that's the most effective for me. Uh, it's targeted and it works, but also how it can apply to your way of philosophy. It's very deeply uh, rooted in Stoic philosophy, particularly the work of Epictetus and, um, and Seneca and people like that. Um, Marcus Aurelius, those people. And in fact, the whole um, cognitive behavioral movement was started off one of Epictetus's quotes and talking, uh, you know, that men are, disturbed not by things but by the view which we take of them and that's um incredibly powerful and it's helping to remind people that everything's a choice so that's kind of it in a nutshell in a lot of ways no it's good it's it's great to hear that um and it, and it makes sense because i think um as you said stoic i mean it's, it's a word that gets can get thrown around like the masculinity vibe and everything like that but um there in today's life stoics actually would traditionally stoics acknowledged emotions uh before dealing with them whereas stoic stoicism today is considered being very stoic in the face of our emotions and we don't yeah you know, we don't acknowledge them which is complete bs and it's been hijacked but that's the discussion stoic, that's the discussion that, that that's this is why this is such a great discussion because i, I personally think that, you know uh, the term masculinity is, is at risk of that as well and that's the brand of you know mm -hmm. the brand stoicism hasn't changed this is the perception and, and kind of brand of it let's get back to it because of um and it's actually a good exp explanation what you just said there about the stoicism changing because of i think um and masculinity where people get confused about because of if you think that stoicism is about almost like you know rejecting the emotion um like it is, imagine it today that's going to cause so much internal conflict without mm. and and that's going to be worse for your mental health and you're going to get it you're going to fuck it up and yet that's you're going to get too stoic and you're going to shut down your emotions you know this is the shit we're talking about versus understanding that you know the, the pure stoicism the marcus aurelius type thing and you know the, the pure masculinity if you you could say um and that it involves understanding your emotions and this like it's 
control versus suppression type of thing of your emotions. And if you're understanding your emotions, you can deal with them, you can react better um, versus just shutting them off. And, and exactly what you said, mate, I love, I love what you've said because of, I think that process is what every guy should be doing. I mean, every person, we're talking blokes here um, because it can be simple and it can, and it can just be as simple as if you can, if you can manage how you deal with car, like in that car scenario, that's what's going to help you deal with the big stuff. Oh, it, it, it's a way of life. And, and one of the, one of the impacts that it has is that for men, you brought up thinking, okay, like I said earlier, of bottling it up or, or yelling and screaming about it, or bottling it up, that suppression that you talked about, then it controls the emotion to the point of stopping it hurting right now, but it'll go crazy somewhere else and come out as we know. Um, yelling and screaming rewards yelling and screaming. It may relieve for a time, but it just rewards that sort of behavior. This sits in the middle and actually can pull the negative energy out of it and make you go, oh, okay. Like really can remove it and in ways that, yeah, you never thought possible. So it's, um, it, it seems like it. The, the masculine, I'd say, it's, like, it's, it's taking control. It, it's, mm. it's, and control isn't necessarily, sorry? It's a funny thing with human beings. There's such a dichotomy. Whereas taking control for some people is like a control, controlling mentality. Yeah. Whereas by the, this teaches you to be completely flexible to things yeah. that happen gives you back your that's what i like that's why i use the term power because it empower, it gives you back your power to a degree which is you realize that there's very few things you can control no and that's what i was going to say like when you then say control you know we, we get lost in translation almost with guys when we talk about control and then it's kind of like being evolved into that domineering and that control and must have 100 percent control over everything and that's can obviously you know that that's where it can manifest into um bad relationships as well but um it is it's that flex that fluid and flexibility is the control you know it's a control that i've learned from as to continually answering questions and, and moving as i go and um why where the benefit i see from doing what you the work that you're doing and to guys that are you know wondering what the work is, literally re replay what Craig's just said 10, 15 times, write it down, and then obviously check out um, his website and that because it's what that is what guys should be doing. It, it's the number one thing. We don't understand our emotion that that first we don't do that first step, and people go, Oh, it seems that does seem so simple, but actually looking at why am I doing this, why am I feeling like this, why am I reacting like this, and then just, I think what you said with the yelling um, as an example is I, I just hear it being played out, which is um, that's just who I am. I, I'm, I'm, I, <laughs> you know, that guy cut me off. Therefore I'm going to swear. I'm going to yell. I just go cool, but that's not serving anyone. And it's not that it looks bad on other people. Bring it back to within yourself and go, that's not serving you. And it's not a, so how do we, Get, how do we deal with that then? You know, if you go, well, it's frustrating me. It's pissed me off. So I'm going to yell. That's how I am. But you go, it's not serving you. So what's the next step? Well, you have just explained, Craig, what the next step is or what that in between is. Um, that, that point that you raised also about, um, you know, there's a lot of refusal to accept responsibility in our society and saying that's just who I am is, is a classic example of one of them. I was working with a group um, a few years ago and their manager was there and the manager sat in it in the, in the session and actually shared a problem that he had. 
And his name was Carlos and he was Latino. And he's one of the things he said, he said, but he was telling me about his mother comes three times a year and wrecks every system he's got in the house. He's a single parent, smashes everything and, and does it all her way. And, you know, talking about the upset and getting into the beliefs and everything, he goes, but I'm Latino. I said, yes, but being Latino doesn't have to equal going crazy. You guys might be good at it, but it doesn't mean you need to continue and it's not helping you. 100%. Um, you know, that's the brand of Latino. So, you know, it's the brand of man where I think um, I, I, I question regularly with what goes on. The, uh, maybe a different scenario, but it's chicken and egg mentality. And I think it's that brand of man where we go, oh, it's because I'm a guy, I react like this. But it's like, is that who you are or who you want to be as a person? Because, or is it just, you think that's how guys react that if, if, if someone shoves me in, you know, the pub and I'll, I'll give a classic example of a pub where you were talking about and that kind of like that suppression of emotion is oh, it's a, 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 I had a six year old nephew that got frustrated. And I said, mate, you know, what do you want to do with it? And he, and he, and he cried and but he also threw a ball against the wall and, and all that. And you just see that, the, that's going to come out. If you, if you suppress that emotion, especially like, you know, frustration, okay, that's going to come out. But when it's going to come out is that six-year-old boy is going to be a 22-year-old kid at a pub. Someone's going to knock his beer over. And that, uh, that frustration from when he was six is going to end up bad because if he hasn't learned how to control it. Now, back we in the see day, that mate, playing out. Indeed. Back in the day, I used to be a doorman before I went full-time in the army. And uh, I've seen it. I've seen what happens when parents don't discipline their kids correctly. And I'm not an advocate for, you know, one type of parenting over another. However, kids got to learn and you've got to be disciplined well. Otherwise, some doorman or worst case, some police officer may be forced to stop that kid from acting how they're acting. And that may mean that kid's going to cop one. And that's unfortunate. And your kid don't want to do that. You let, as a parent, I believe if you don't discipline your kids, you've let them down dramatically. Um, I 100% agree, especially the with that of not understanding that, I guess, that first level of um, the therapy talk about or the, I guess, process, sorry. Um, if we're not understanding that emotions, that connections and that kind of like how to then deal with it and, and those three steps, my kind of like end result funnel, and said so for marketing, so with marketing, you deal with the results and my that's how I look at it and my the results are, suicide violence and domestic violence these are results of something and I, I believe i firmly believe that things like what you're doing helps reduce those um things because if you're conflicted or not even engaging in the, that level one of the emotions that guys have or the problems that guys have or, or whatever their issues then how it's going to how it manifests is violence towards yourself being suicide violence towards others being that punch at the pub or, you know, type thing or violence towards women. And so that, that I love what you're doing. Um, and, and it helps with mental health. Now, did you want to give a snapshot of your book? That's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very much. Um, the book's called instant empowerment. Uh, it goes into greater depth, um, almost to the degree of what my, um, my online, um, mentoring program does i have a nine-week online mentoring program um, that has video uh, lessons and uh, it's coupled with skype calls so if anybody's feels they need something 
uh, and, and wants to get coached through the whole process, I, I do offer that. But it's taken, the book is taken largely from everything that's included in that with a few, a few exceptions. And so it goes step by step through everything I think you really need to do and written and said in a way that uh, to, to get people on board very much. I've got a, um, my brother-in-law's a journalist. Uh, he's a history editor for the Daily Telegraph. And so he's going to be helping me with some editing on that just to make it, to get that sort of journalism, give that better readability um, because it's about keeping it simple. I've got um, some interviews I did um, last year and the year before, one with a, a psychotherapist in the UK who wrote a book uh, around the same subject matter, um, a guy called Daniel uh, Fryer. And I'll be including some of the bits from that interview in it and, and just some different perspectives on it, um, ways of understanding it better. And um, yeah, it's, it's really, it's, I mean, this is my life's work, you know, like this is what I'm most passionate about and the results we'll be able to get from people. And the book will be really reflective of that. Um, and it's designed to help um, anybody to just get a, a foothold into it, to, to some understanding um, around what the three steps of the model are and how to, um, how to go about creating something uh, for themselves. I mean, we've got a responsibility uh, to help others and, and really one of the takeaways out of it, I think everybody looking to, to improve themselves in some ways an altruist and how we can um, leave a legacy and help others. So a big part of what I do is about how to, you can help the people you care about around you. And that's, that's part of the focus of the book. So no, that's, that's great. You should be commended on it, you know, and I love that it's, it's guys helping guys. And, and it's, I think then from what I can gather and, and especially listening to you is it's direct um, it's explained it's in, in the same language that guys will more resonate with because I know like a barrier for I say getting help for guys or just learning or evolving um, I guess getting help means you know there's no sickness but it's like just growing on, on top of understanding yourself um, sometimes it, the self-help books or the courses can be confusing or a bit a bit put off but it seems like it wouldn't be um, and to any guys listening out there as well so go and check out the website and look at the course that um, you've got on your website Craig because I guess I look at these as an investment because there's probably someone listening to and hopefully you know this is me trying to bring my value to the to the area if there's someone listening there that just not necessarily ha- may not have a bad problem but just thinks, I wish I could improve this part of my life. And you think that that would be improved by what Craig and I have spoken about. Just understand that if you're thinking that it's probably going to continually affect your life in the next 20, 30, 40 years. Now that can be, I say it's going to be three. What my thing, you know, to stop the three things, it's probably, it's either going to improve your relationship with yourself, um, which is then going to reduce risk of mental illness, you know, just even just bad mental health. Uh, it's going to increase your relationships with your partners. You know, if you're thinking, cool, I get triggered at this with, and even if, as a dad, you know, if you're thinking, you know, I'll get triggered with this um, when my kids do this, just look and go, what would my life look differently in the next 20, 30 years with my relationship with myself, my friends, my understanding, my emotions, the happiness of my life. Um, and as a father, and then, then look at what time, money, and attention investment is would be, you know, it's definitely going to be worth it if you think there's going to be value. So, um, yeah, definitely get along and check out what Craig's doing. Thanks, heaps. And if anybody from um, from this listener of this podcast wants to wants to get in touch about that, 
uh, check, send me an email directly, and I'll, I've got 25% discount on that course for anybody that mentions this podcast. So I really want to help and, and offer that any assistance any way I can. Oh, mate, that is absolutely amazing. We'll have all the links down in the uh, bio. Uh, but yeah, changeseminars.com um, or info at changeseminars.com. Go check it out. And Craig Ball, thank you very much for coming on. My pleasure, Sean. Thanks very much, Guy. And thanks, uh, all you listeners, for listening. I'm really uh, quite humbled by the opportunity to be here. And I just hope we can help somebody make some change. Ah, perfect. Okay, that's another wrap-up of another podcast. Thanks for everyone that's listening. Thanks to the guests that are on. Um, if you want to support us, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, but mainly you leave a comment, um, especially with the episode that you've listened to and the guest that was on. Um, show some support for them. Go give them a follow. Jump over to Instagram. Make sure your followers over there. And to help out, guys, if you see any content that you think's valuable, make sure you share it. Tag us in the stories. Because we all know that's the best way to help guys is just to put it out there and let them grab it. Um, if any of these stories or conversations have triggered anything for you emotionally, make sure you go and speak to Lifeline, Beyond Blue, or a mental health professional. See you in the next episode.